Behind door number 15 is a multifaceted conversation of living abroad, melding cultures, and understanding traditions. While the episode builds on Kim's discussion with Evie in yesterday's elementary Advent Calendar episode, Michelle explains the history and beliefs behind some of the traditional Filipino holiday foods. I'll be honest, this episode could have easily been much, much longer. Michelle and I talk about the melding of cultures and traditions, superstitions, living abroad, celebrating holidays abroad, celebrating holidays in North America and in the Philippines. And this episode touches on each of those, but it's wrapped up in a beautiful comment that I think speaks to the truth that I hope we'll all take to heart and really consider as this year comes to an end and we're afforded the opportunity to create new beginnings in the new year. is excited to present you with the 2021 Elementary Advent Calendar, a tasty countdown to 2022 full of mini episodes highlighting holiday food traditions and memories from all over the world. We don't want you to miss any treats, so be sure to tune in daily from December 1st to December 26th. I grew up in the United Arab Emirates, so it's like a mosaic of people from different cultures. So growing up there, I grew up with a lot of other kids from different nationalities, different religions. And the funny thing is, we celebrated each other's holidays or special occasions to the point where it kind of blurred the lines. We spent a lot of time together celebrating each other's holidays. So one of the things I looked forward to the most, especially during the holidays, was the Bishop Day We were friends with the owners of a French bakery there. It was a popular French bakery. So that's where we got most of our pastries and cakes from. And for a kid, it was this magical thing where you have this log and you got these meringue mushrooms. It's just something, you know, you know how things just look magical when you're a kid. And it's a bonus if you can eat it too. And it's made out of chocolate. Growing up in the UAE, at that time, there was no Filipino bakery. So I wasn't really familiar with the other Christmas delicacies on the Filipino side, except for when somebody would make something homemade after moving to Canada. We actually have a very popular Filipino bakery here in Toronto. We also have our version of the Biche de Noel, which is a mocha version, which is available um, during Christmas and the New Year. Christmas is a big deal in the Philippines. The moment you hit the burr months, as in September, October, November, December, boom, that's Christmas season. So we have the longest Christmas season there. Actually, there was a recent study how different cultures remit money back to their own countries. And there was a breakdown showing that Filipinos spend over 200% of their monthly income on Christmas. Wow. And the majority of that money is spent primarily on gifts. The rest is on food. And then a little bit of that budget is spent on decorations. So food is a big thing. We would often get together at our place or sometimes we would go to other people's places and we're big on spaghetti or noodles. There's a little bit of a superstitious thing behind that. So whenever somebody celebrates their birthday or whenever we're celebrating Christmas or special occasions, Pancet has to be on the table or spaghetti. And the reason for that, they symbolically represent a long life, which is why it's a a must-have on birthdays. But it's also something that's also on the table for Christmas and the new year because of that belief or that superstition about, you know, eating it, giving you a long life. That's part of the culinary influence of the Chinese who 
immigrated to the Philippines. So that's one. And lechon, whole roasted pig. Well, back in the UAE, we did not have whole roasted pigs. Maybe you would have like little pork chops. That is definitely party food back in the Philippines. Another thing that has to be there or is popular is our version of Christmas ham. So the Filipino version of Christmas ham is basically this lump of ham, and it's got the sweet pineapple glaze on it. So that's one thing that's really popular. It's a must-have for a lot of families. And one of the things I really looked forward to were chocolate coins. Now we're moving on to the superstition part of New Year's celebrations. On New Year's, people follow these traditions that are supposed to bring luck and prosperity going into the new year. So when it comes to food in a Filipino home, you have to have 12 types of round fruit. Each round fruit represents prosperity for every month of the following year. Some families also hang a bunch of grapes over their front door, and it's supposed to represent prosperity entering the home. And for the kids, as soon as midnight hits, you got to jump 12 times, hopefully to grow taller. And the thing I looked forward to when I was a kid were those chocolate coins. In the old days, uh, on New Year's, they just toss coins or that they'd have coins lying around in different places around the house. Or as soon as midnight hits, woo, they'd start throwing the coins. But my folks would just bring me chocolate gold coins. And that was it. It's just a fun thing. I didn't really care for the superstition. I just wanted to get my gold coins because they're chocolate. Back home people go to church very, very early in the morning, as in before sunrise, leading up to Christmas on a regular basis. And there are a lot of street vendors who are just getting busy preparing these sticky rice cakes. And then as soon as they're out of church, these vendors, street vendors would have street food ready or these sweet delicacies ready for them to just buy and eat on the spot. People in some regions believe that sticky rice uh, delicacies are an important part of these celebrations because you want the luck to stick. Another thing to note is before Catholicism even entered the country, people uh, were into this animistic religion. They, they basically had a lot of respect for nature because their survival depended on it. So they looked at the forces of nature and the unseen as being part of their daily lives. Some even still believe uh, this to be true, even now, that there are spirits who live among us who impact our daily lives. It's really fascinating that we as humans, regardless of where we live, what our culture is, it's important for us to have that connection to nature and, and have some kind of an explanation for it. I think that that's really important to try to understand cultures. And I love the fact that you talked about how community is so important because you opened up this whole discussion, building your community with other ethnicities and other cultures, because that was so important. Yeah. And the best thing about living there is you get to know a little bit about each other's culture. It's funny how when you get to know people as people without all these labels, you actually get to see how you all get along and you actually can become friends with them as long as you take that stuff out of the way. I think that Michelle tied this episode up on the sweetest of notes. And speaking of sweet notes, tomorrow, Kim and Sarah will be discussing a crispy delicacy that I was surprised to discover is not only made and loved in its homeland of Norway, but in Sweden, Finland, Turkey, Tunisia, Iran, Afghanistan, the United States, and southern India. Much like the message in today's episode, 
This cookie-like fritter is a great example of how to make friends the world over. If you find yourself hungry for a larger portion of how food connects, defines, and inspires, be sure to subscribe to As We Eat wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We also publish the As We Eat journal on Substack. We would be honored if you would support us by becoming a subscriber at asweeat.substack.com. Happy holidays from Leigh and Cam. Here too. <laughs> <laughs>